When I was studying to become a priest, I had a period of internship, and my internship was two years long, and I spent those two years at a boys' academy in Wisconsin. And even though two years might not seem like a long time, you really get to know the people that you're working with. Get to know the principal, the vice principal, a lot of the staff, the coaches. These are people that you work with 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You live with them and you share some joys, you share your experiences. And what was interesting is at the end of those two years, I distinctly remember still today when I was going back over to Rome to continue my studies and become a priest, I got in the car and they were driving me to the airport. And as I pulled out of the drive and looked back at the entrance to the academy and saw the sign there, Oak Lawn Academy was the name of it, there was kind of this aching sadness. It was like, you know, I don't know when I'll ever go back and see this place again. I'll get ordained, get assigned to some other place, some other parish, St. Margaret of York, and that academy I'll probably never see again. And, and I was very much aware of that when we were pulling out of the driveway. And it's definitely a reality as a priest. You're constantly being moved in order to serve the people of God. And it's something that we priests, a lot of times you don't think of that. We as priests, it, it definitely, we feel that. That kind of uprooting and then moving somewhere else and beginning again. And I think this is an experience, this isn't an experience that's just particular to priests, but I think all of you have probably had this experience. How many of you here in this church, you don't need to raise your hands, have moved how many of you have had to uproot not only the physical stuff and try to get it all into one moving van, but to uproot yourselves from those people that you love, those places that are dear to you? How many of you probably also know people that have moved away, people that were very close to you, family members, friends, business partners that have moved away or are about to move away, and there's this sadness, there's this aching that happens within us. And we don't need to mention those moves that have a more permanent nature when a family member or friend dies. They move into eternity and we, in a deep way, feel that sadness. It's an aching sadness that we feel. Today, 40 days after Easter, is that moment when Jesus goes up into heaven. He's going to leave his disciples. He's going to ascend into heaven, and they're no longer physically going to have him in front of them. And in today's readings, we heard our first reading from the Acts of the Apostles, Luke gives us an account there in that book of the Bible. And in our gospel, Mark, he offers us another account of Jesus and that moment when he ascends into heaven. But there's one other place in the Bible that explicitly speaks about the, about the ascension of Jesus, Jesus going up into heaven, Jesus moving away. And I want to read that passage with you this morning because I think it contains a key to unpacking what's today all about. Okay, Jesus leaves us, and what? 
And this is what Luke says in his gospel. As he blessed them, he parted from them and was taken up to heaven. They did him homage and then returned to Jerusalem with great joy. This is bizarre. <laughs> These are disciples who didn't live with Jesus for two years as I did my internship at that academy in Wisconsin. These are disciples who lived with Jesus for three years, 24-7. They are disciples who witnessed Jesus' first departure from them by his death on Calvary and felt that absolute total tug, that rupture, that broken heart. And then here we have Jesus, 40 days after his resurrection. Now we're back into this incredible emotional high, and he ascends into heaven, and he leaves them. He's going away. And what is the response? They returned to Jerusalem with, not joy, great joy. These disciples are ecstatic. They're incredibly happy. And we can look at this and we can scratch our head and go, huh? What's going on? This is the key to unpack something very deep and very beautiful within our Feast of the Ascension. First thing we need to do is make sure we understand what joy is. And I think as we get older, we become more complicated and we try to find joy in many different things in many different ways, and we start to lose that ability to understand, well, what is joy? If we go back, go back to when we were the most simple, go back to when we were kids, and most of us probably can't remember that. Those of you who have kids, what makes your baby, what makes your child happy? When do you see them experience joy? And I can tell you it's probably two things when they're getting what they want. <laughs> Everyone laughs because they know, it. they know it's true. When they're getting what they want or they know they're going to get what they want. Am I not right? Isn't that when children feel joy? When you're shoving those carrots and those peas and that mushed up whatever green thing it is down their throat and they're just scowling at you and you're prying their mouth open, you're shoving it in and then you're just like, I am so tired, I am so done. Here, here's a piece of bread or a cracker or a chocolate and they're just like, you know, goldfish. I get my little goldfish and they're just like, ah. And we see it on their face. And it's not only when they're actually eating those crackers or those goldfish or that piece of chocolate. As soon as they see us turn and go into the kitchen and open up that bag and start walking towards them, we just see this excitement. And they get all happy. It's like, I'm going to get what I want. Joy. Let's look at the apostles. And let's turn to what we just heard in Mark's gospel. And let's read it together. Mark, at the end of his gospel. But they went forth and preached everywhere, while the Lord worked with them and confirmed the word 
through accompanying signs. Wait a minute. This is after Jesus just ascended into heaven. Jesus is gone. How is it possible that the Lord worked with them? They were obviously aware of a presence of Jesus Christ that they had not experienced before. That the Lord was truly with them. That the person that they loved the most, the person that they wanted the most, they had now. They had him now in their presence. That's why they experienced so much joy when they were returning to Jerusalem. And how does that apply to my life? I think, my dear friends, and it happens to me too, if we look at our lives, we can say, sometimes that joy starts to wane. We, we start to lose this Christian joy. And we find ourselves just kind of slugging things out and not really being this joyful people. And so what's the solution? The solution is to imitate the disciples, learn from the disciples, and look at today's gospel passage and say, the Lord worked with them, and it is true today. Am I aware that the Lord works with me? It's a tough question to pose to ourselves. Do I really believe this? How's my faith in this particular area? Or do I work as if the Lord is way up there in heaven, far away, and I pray to him sometimes, and it's only when I pray to him that he kind of comes towards me a little bit, but he's way up there, and I'm down here. Do I believe? that the Lord is more interested in my life than I am. That the Lord works with me now. And the second thing that we said about joy, we experience joy when there's something that we want and we know we're going to get it. I want to turn to, in John's Gospel, you know, you probably remember these past two Sundays, we've been reading Jesus' goodbye speech during the Last Supper. Let's turn to John's Gospel and look at how that Gospel begins, how that goodbye speech begins. In my Father's house, there are many dwelling places. If there were not, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back again and take you to myself so that where I am, you also may be. And that's when our first reading begins to make sense. And this is what I mean. Our first reading in the Acts of the Apostles, after Jesus ascends into heaven, these two men in white turn to the disciples and they say, why are you looking up into the sky? Do you not know that this Jesus who has ascended into heaven will return? No wonder they returned also with great joy to Jerusalem because this promise they remembered. Jesus who's going away, duh, he's going to return. If I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to myself. This is the second piece 
the key to increasing my joy. Do I believe that Jesus Christ wants me in heaven? It sounds so simple. And we might know it up here, but do we believe it? My dear brothers and sisters, if we look at our lives and we find that maybe there's not a lot of joy right now, I think I can ask myself these two questions today. Do I believe that Jesus works with me now? And do I believe that Jesus wants to bring me to heaven? Because you know what? If our faith is strong in those two areas, we will have great joy. And that joy will allow us as witnesses to become attractive to those who do not know Jesus Christ. Today, the Feast of the Ascension, it's not that Jesus is moving away. Jesus is more present to me now than ever.